Street in Newcastle, Delaware, where our Dr. Raymond D. Williams Sr. is our pastor, our assistant pastor, Robert Ingram, who will be joining us shortly. And uh, we open up our doors, our hearts, and all that we have to our total community. Come on in this evening and, and sit with us for a while. Get your phones out or get to your computers if you're out in media land and um, sign on to our website, uh, www.faithharvestworshipcenter.org or download our app, Faith Life Org, go to the website and join us on Facebook where you are able to dialogue with us, send us questions tonight where you'll be able to uh, make responses and we'll be able to see you live and we want to hear from you. We want you to join in with us. And if you're in the neighborhood, if you live in the neighborhood, if you're traveling to the neighborhood, or if you just intend to be with us, we welcome you. Come on in. And we're going to be talking again tonight about the Holy Spirit. We have been over the last 30 days talking about the Holy Spirit. We've talked about who he was and the fact that he was a person. We've made it clear that he's a person, not a it and not a thing. We've talked about the things that the Holy Spirit does or is as that person. And then how he operates in us. We talked about the fact that he speaks to us and through us. We talked about the fact, now these are truths, not just facts. We talked about the, the truth and the fact that he has feelings so that we can hurt his feelings, for a lack of a better term. We talk about the fact that he is um, everywhere. He's there for us, that he communicates to us, that he works in us and through us, that he works to bring the word of the Father to us and he makes it real with God every day, that he is with us every day. And so tonight we're gonna talk about how to understand or the understanding of the Holy Spirit. So the question that was posed was, what does the Holy Spirit do? And I'm going to take you to Acts 1 and 8. And it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to men. This scripture is really powerful because it sums up what we, we may be talking about tonight. And we're going to cover quite a bit. I'm going to ask Pastor Rob if he, well, when he gets ready, if he'll come on and join us. Um, this scripture makes the Holy Spirit live to us in our daily lives that we can live, not just live, but live in authority and the power of what God has given unto his people. The Holy Spirit brings that unto us. But in order to live under the power and authority, we need to understand it. And so tonight we're going to talk about understanding the Holy Spirit. And as Pastor Rob is getting ready, he's going to pick up in a minute. I just want to read this to you. As I'm reading out of, uh, out of uh, let me see what I have here. Oh, the Everyday Life Bible. There is great freedom in belonging to God. 
What does this freedom mean to you? God's word teaches us that this freedom is not the absence of morality, but the freedom to serve others in love. Galatians 5, 13 and 14. Thank God for setting you, all of us, free from the bondage of sin, and you can ask him to help you experience even more deeply the joy of serving others. Why did I read that? As, uh, because the Holy Spirit, the power he brings us, enables us to be free in all that we do, to live for God in this earth in power and authority, which makes us the witnesses for God. Pastor Rob, you had something you want to add to that? Well, just talking about, as you said, for the last 30 days we've been um, sharing on uh, the Holy Spirit, the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, and even knowing the Holy Spirit, and, and um, trying to get an understanding on um, being able to have a distinction and understanding of when the Holy Spirit is uh, nudging you or pushing you, you know, and a part of doing that is us having the understanding and the knowing of the Holy Spirit and um, as we were talking about this earlier, I looked up uh, scriptures about knowing the Holy Spirit and it turned me to the Old Testament. That is so good, Pastor Mark. Because you don't hear too much about the Holy Spirit until the New Testament. However, the Holy Spirit was around all the time. Full operation. Uh, in the first scripture, well, in the beginning in Genesis, he talks about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go there while he's talking about that because it's really important to understand that the Holy Spirit didn't just show up on the scene because Jesus came. The Holy Spirit had always been operational. So, so basically you're saying Jesus, after he ascended to heaven, he basically least the Holy Spirit upon the people, but it was always there. Well, he didn't release it. The Holy Spirit, he just renewed the relationship because what happened was the relationship was severed because of man's shortcomings. And so so they couldn't repent enough to allow the Holy Spirit to have unction, function in their life. So, so I'm going to add to that and we're going to pitch right back to Genesis. So in the beginning, they were all one, all together. The Father, and we started off with like this actually in the beginning of our teaching, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But because, And the Holy Spirit was the operational piece that maintained the relationship between man and the Father. But when the fall happened, that relationship became, for lack of a better term, Severed or broken, um, I, I, we would, in today's world we would say dysfunctional. Not because the Holy Spirit stopped functioning, but because in order to have the full power that God gave you, you would have to be in obedience or in right standing with the Father, just like when we were raising our own children. And so the Holy Spirit, for lack of a better term, kind of pulled back a little bit, but He never stopped operating on this earth, on behalf of us or in us. But when Christ came, he allowed, he, his death 
his taking on of sin allowed the full relationship that God originally ordained to, to be reinstituted so that the Holy Spirit now could fully operate in all of the areas that God had required him to or was his job to. And here in the Old Testament, and I'm coming out of Isaiah uh, chapter 11, I mean, chapter, yeah, chapter 11, and I'm going to start at verse 2. And it's dealing with Jesse. And in this here Bible, it says, the righteous reign of the branch. The righteous reign of the branch. So if you know a tree, a tree is connected to the root. So whatever's connected to that root branches out as it continues to grow. And most of the stuff that's connected to it will continue to grow. But as we know, God does prune, you know, we get some dead branches that gotta come off and fall off. But in this scripture, it's talking about the righteous reign of the branch. And it's connected to Jesse's line. And here it says in verse two, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by what his eyes see. He shall and or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with iniquity the equity of the meek of the earth for the meek of the earth and he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips and he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. Doesn't that sound like the armor of God? It does, absolutely. It reminds you of the armor of God. So, as you see, you can go back and forth in Scripture, and what God does, he just reiterates his truth all the time. Just different sayings because it's different times. Yes. So what happens is, like right now, some of the things that we're saying, you can't understand it. You can't even put it together. But we got to speak in the language, the language that of the current time. You know, that's why sometimes we can't, I can remember reading the Bible when I was young, and it was gibberish to me. I didn't understand anything, but it took a level of maturity for me to get a better understanding and now I can read scriptures in the Bible and I can relate it to everyday life. Yes. Everyday life. And if you look at this scripture here, it's talking about everyday life. It is. Let's, let's listen to this again. It says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Stop right there. That's really because we just had a question in the audience about on of the Spirit in the New Testament what, you know, and, and alluded to whether he was active the whole time or not. He, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord rested upon people. When Christ came, 
when Christ lived, suffering died, and is living now, the Spirit of the Lord rests and rules within us. And, and, and there is a distinction in that only because we were living in, in what is called a different dispensation at the time. And it, it, did, it did not have the fullness of Jesus Christ's salvation that he brought in the Old Testament as we can live in the New Testament. The Holy Spirit was fully active. And so go ahead and read this and you'll hear it, how active he was when, when Pastor Rob reads the and, and this goes into the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. It says, and the Lord rested upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and revelation and obedient fear of the Lord. I'm reading out of the Amplified, so it reads a little different. And shall and shall make him quick of quick understanding, and his delight shall be reverent and obedient, fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by sight of his eyes, neither decide by hearing of his ears. And see, we live in a time right now where the world wants us to make judgment based on That's what true. we see That's true. and what we hear. And who's to say that what we see and what we hear is true? You know, you just brought up something that's, um, that happened today. My wife, when I was taking some of the kids to the school, one of the kids said, I don't believe in God. And the other kid said, well, why don't you believe in God? Because I can't see him. And I said, I turned around and said, you can't see him or you can't hear him, but the Holy Spirit is there. So how, how should I put this? So I told her the best way for us, I guess she does not have an understanding of the word. So that, that's something that the, either herself or her parents or myself or whoever could get her to get involved in to understand that. But people that are watching tonight, how do we, uh, because I believe that the Holy Spirit functions with, well, not only with obedience, but with faith as well. That's, that, and that, but how do we get um, the people that know Jesus but don't know him to understand what, how they know if the Holy Spirit's talking to them or if the devil's talking to them? Okay, so first you said something that actually was part of the of the study we were going to do tonight, Pastor Rob just talked about the Holy Spirit's characteristics, which is what we've been talking about for the last month, his characteristics. But the Holy Spirit also had, brings gifts. Uh, let, me, let me make that clear. God has made us lots of promises. The Holy Spirit was one of those promises. Why am I saying that? When Christ got ready to ascend after his death, he said he was sending one to us who was another comforter that was a promise. You know, many times in the word God has promised to comfort us. So that was the fulfillment of that promise. Holy Spirit was the fulfillment of the promise. And the promises that were made, he also brought in the fruits that enabled us to receive 
all the promises. Faith is the first one. The word says without faith it's impossible to please God. Well, that means the Holy Spirit has to bring you that measure of faith. Back to the little girl who didn't quite believe. Sometimes we just have to make it real plain and applicable to times. As you were driving, what came, as you were talking, a vision of, uh, of you driving came to my sight, and I could see and hear the trees blowing and hear the wind blowing in the, tr in the truck or van, whatever you're driving. And so if she could hear the wind blowing and see the trees moving, the question would be, do you believe that the wind is moving a tree? Do you, do you see the wind blowing? And so we have to bring it, uh, there's, a, there's a radio station uh, commentator says, bring it where the goats can get it, which means we take it really, really low to the smallest denominator. And that we, if she knows that she can see the trees blowing, but she can't see the wind. She knows she can see paper blowing across the street, but she can't see the air that's moving it. And it's the same premise with the Holy Spirit. It can, he can move you. He can lift you. See the paper being lifted up? He can touch you. you. Don't you feel the air blowing across you? He, so is that real to you or not? You know, and, and that, that goes back to what we talked about earlier when I was talking about myself as far as maturity level. You know, and, and that's why it's important that we feed them the information and we, we encourage them to get into and even if they don't get it right away, so long as they got it. You get what I'm saying? Because if you got it, you can get it. You know, but if you don't got it, you can't get anything and you'll get whatever anybody gives you. You know, and, and I, I thank God for my family who, who gave me the word and, and gave me a foundation, you know, where I was able to turn to. So when I heard when I heard God speak to me, I was able to recognize it. And you said, how do you recognize when God is speaking or do you recognize when it's the Holy Spirit? Because it's always directing you for your good. It's always directing you for your good. And a lot of times, it's not what you want to do. You know, or you don't really understand why. You know, and so that that's for me. I'll, I'll say that's for me, you know, and, and because everybody might receive it a little differently. It depends on what your situation is and what God is trying to do in your life. You know, but I know it's always going to be for your good. The Holy Spirit is never going to lead you down a path that's going to tell you to do something wrong. You know that's the opposite of God. And that's it's touched on a great point because that's the way how our, our, our world is today. We have, um, like you were saying, we, he's for our greater good. So if you're, if God says, or the Holy Spirit says, you got to do it this way, and all of a sudden that person says, that's the ridiculous way to do it. I don't want to do it the way the world does it. And then what happens is they choose the wrong path and they fall on their face. So you, you, you really hit on that. that that's, that's correct, what you said there. And, and see, that's the trick of the enemy. You know, we live in we live in a microwave society right now. Everything is instantaneous. You want it fast, and, and the enemy has been real smooth with what he's doing 
in society and, and, and influencing us into, you ain't got to work hard. You can stay home and create YouTube videos and, and be, right. and create likes and have people following you and you become bigger than everything else. You know, so, so we become lovers of ourselves. And other people begin praising us and following us. And this is why these celebrities have so much influence. You know, oh my, you got to Jesus going with that. The Spirit of God brings wisdom. That's the message you were getting ready to read. When we don't have or operate in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we don't get the wisdom necessary to be able to see the influences that the enemy is taking us down. And it's normally a process. The enemy doesn't normally turn you, you, you say one minute and you're creating havoc the next. That's not normally how the enemy works. He has been at this process since the beginning of time. And so we're at this point in, in our history, in our lives, and in our society, where everything seems to all of a sudden be have gone wrong or got whacked. And the truth be told, that's not so. It didn't just start to happen. We have been not regarding the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. We haven't been regarding the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. And we haven't been regarding the power of the Holy Spirit, which would, had we had, we, we would be doing things a little differently. Now, that doesn't make it, we're not lost. Even though people say when we are that all is lost, this everything's going to in, in the world's view, everything's going to hell. No, 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 that's not true. Because the Holy Spirit's character and fruits have not changed. Remember, he's just the third part of the Godhead. So nothing about God has changed. You know, it, it's funny you say that because um as some of my kids do essays on their relationship with God. And what struck me was their understanding of the word. However, the characteristics of the people around them make them question God. And what is to being a godly person, you know, and, and so we have no idea, and we really don't realize how much influence that we have in the trajectory of this next generation, because they're watching us, you know, one of, the, one of them said that they watch people who say they're Christians act Christian like based off of the word they read. So how can I follow them? And what I express to them is you're following the wrong people. You're supposed to be following God because man will fall short regardless of what title or position they may have. No one is perfect. And it's not for us to pass judgment and be hypocritical of them. It's to let them know where they're in error. Give them advice the same way we're here right now talking to them. I'm speaking about the students. Giving you advice and helping you mature. 
because you might not realize some mistakes you're making. That's the same thing even for our leaders, even for our parents. Our parents have made some mistakes because they only can teach you what they know. And they don't know all there is to know. So they're going to make some mistakes along the way. But the key is to know that they have your best interests at heart, even in error. So that's why we got to be careful of judging people off the mistakes they make, Christian or non-Christian. You know, because we have to be the representation of who God is. And that's why forgiveness is so important. Extremely important. And the, and the understanding of the Holy Spirit in that forgiveness is very, and how the Holy Spirit operates in that. Because we talked about him, how he speaks to us. And he'll speak to you to bring to your recognition or mind for a young person when we need to forgive and not hold on to some things. He will talk to you. Something simple as you... This example came to mind. Two of my grandchildren were having a little dispute, little kids. And they were, they, you know, they got really pumped up in each other. And, and one of them kind of stroked off to the other side of the sofa, and they were acting like they weren't going to talk. And I didn't say anything. But I watched them. After a period of time, I saw one of them kind of look up like this. And then they started. They just turned their head to the other child and started talking. And I and I made me chuckle because I thought that's not the Holy Spirit. It does not mean that we won't do something wrong. Won't mean that we don't get mad, but he will say something, he'll drop something in your spirit, in your heart, that will make you reflect long enough to if if you operate in the Holy Spirit now, to Forgive and forget whatever that infraction was and move past that to restore the relationship because that's really what this is about. Let me read what it says here about wisdom. It says, and we're talking about the characteristics. That's what we started out talking about, understanding, understanding the Holy Spirit and the characteristics. And wisdom is one of those characteristics. We heard it in the scripture. And I'm going to read to you what it says here. It says here, and it talks about the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it says, also the gift of wisdom, we see God at work in our lives and in the world. For the wise person, the wonders of nature, which you were talking about earlier, the wonders of nature, historical events, and the ups and downs of our lives take us on a deeper meaning. The matters of judgment about truth and being able to see the whole image of God. We see God as our Father and other people with dignity. Lastly, being able to see God in everyone and everywhere. You know, and, and that's the important part. You know, I, I tell the kids all the time, God is not looking for us to be perfect. He knows we've fallen short. We'll never be perfect. That's why he had to send his son 
to die on our behalf because he know that man will continue to fall short and there's not enough sacrifices that we can make ourselves to make it right. There would be no animals on the earth if we had to do it ourselves. So he had to do it for us. And all he's looking for us is to be better and better and better. I had a conversation with the kids today about graduating and going to the next level. It's a level of maturity that we're not doing the same thing we were doing last year, the new year coming. We're supposed to be moving to another level. And that shows growth in our relationship with God. And that's wisdom. And we only go through that, get that growth though, through the Holy Spirit. See, each, each one of God has, had, as I said, has his role, has his role and his duties, responsibilities. And God, the God is, is, is all above all. But the Holy Spirit was here so that we could daily get through, live, conquer, improve, change, develop, into the fear of God the more. That's his job. And so if we acknowledge him first, that's the first thing, right? If you don't acknowledge him, meaning allow him to work in you, it, it, he can't work. He's, he's a gentleman as well. But the word says that the Holy Spirit will bring all wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to you. And that is so that each day as you maybe bump your head a little bit, forget some things sometimes, Maybe don't get some right sometimes. The Holy Spirit is there to help you in his character to get back on track. So he's basically, you're saying he's basically waiting for us to get it right. No, the Holy Spirit is there to help you get, it right. get it right. God is right. waiting for you to get it right. right. The Holy Spirit is there to help you get it right. Remember, he's your help. Right. There's something I wanted to bring up about wisdom. You know, another way that the Holy Spirit can send wisdom to another person is through somebody else. And we talked about that in our <coughs> session about the Holy Spirit speaking right. through someone else. Yep. That's that's one of the big things with prophecy or prophets, which only means to speak the word of God. That means that the Holy Spirit will speak to somebody to get you a message so that you, because he knows how to reach us individually. He knows every word that will prick our hearts or change our lives, transform our minds. And so he may send somebody, even a child, to say something to you, that he, the message he's trying to get across to you. Yes. Can I, can I, can I even touch on that even more? And, and just confirm that, confirm this yes or no, if you agree, that even if he brings someone to you, they're only to confirm what God has already spoken. And that is true. But the yes, let me let me answer that. He's there not just to confirm, but yes, to confirm what God has said to you. There, remember the Holy Spirit brings wisdom. Let me say this word again: knowledge. Knowledge is the definition. Of knowledge means it's something that you have not known that He's bringing to you to know, to be aware of. To have information about. Okay, so he brings wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So when he 
he, I'm talking to the Holy Spirit, speaks through someone, doesn't have to be a prophet, meaning a person in the office of a prophet, who's just a person God spoke to and said, give, to tell you something. He's bringing a word that acknowledged you. Now that knowledge may be because he, he's already said something, God talking to you, that you maybe not deliberately ignored, but you didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Or you were moving on it in this timing, because it, it, it is about moving in this timing as well. And so he'll bring someone to you to bring it to the forefront. That means your understanding, so that you will be obedient, because it's always about being obedient to God. Be obedient for your good, not because he needs you so much, but because whatever he's instructing the Holy Spirit to tell you to do, and so that you will receive or be what God has called you to be, which is always for your good. You know, I just opened up my uh, Bible for the word of the day. And I opened up to the word of the day. And it opened up to James chapter 1, verse 2. And it says here, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren. Whenever you are in envelope in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations, be assured and understand that the trial and the proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a, through a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects lacking in nothing if any of you are deficient in wisdom hear that family let him act of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly, without reproaching or fault finding. Hear that, family? Or fault finding. So he ain't looking at what you did wrong and pointing the finger at you. But if you seeking him for a way out, if you seeking him for a way out, he will give that to you. And it says. And it will be given unto him. Only it must be in faith that he acts without wavering, no hesitation, or doubting. Family, boy, oh boy, did that just speak to me. I pray it spoke to you because we've been trying to figure some stuff out. We've been dealing with some stuff. We've been worried about that condemnation and someone pointing fingers back at you. But God saying there's no fault finding in him. He's looking to give you the wisdom to get out of that situation yeah. so you can come out better. Not bitter, but better. That's what he wants to do. And I'm talking to you from my own testimony. I'm speaking to you from my own testimony, family. It's not because I did everything right or I'm doing everything right. I'm still learning and growing 
myself as a man of God. I'm doing stuff I've never done before. And all I can do is seek God's wisdom and the wisdom of the people that he placed in my life. And seek that direction and do the best that I can to be in right standing with him and my fellow man. And that's all he wants from you. That's it. And that's what the Holy Spirit brings to you. The more you get into his word. It was by chance that I opened up that scripture. The Holy Spirit nudged me to that. We should start making decisions to seek the Holy Spirit. To ask the one who has all wisdom and all knowledge on a daily basis. And, and it says here, start making decisions without worrying about them. Because when you seek the Holy Spirit, He will, you said nudge, He will nudge you. You, you ever been in a car and you heard something say, go this way, and you thought, I'm, I'm going that way. But but that's a nudge. Do not live in fear of being wrong. If your heart is right, and that means that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and that you're living according to the Word of God, and you make a decision that is not in accordance with God's will, He will forgive you. And guess what? Get you back on track. How did it get you back on track? Because you're listening to the Holy Spirit. Okay, so you missed the mark once. Okay, so you didn't kind of listen all the way this time. Maybe you got distracted. You only heard part of what he said. You did it according to what you thought he said. Okay, all of that's okay. But the Holy Spirit never leaves us. And he never stops working on our behalf, on the Father's behalf in our lives. He doesn't tire like we do. And again, he has all wisdom, all knowledge, and can give you all understanding according to the word says, his father's will. So he knows the God, he knows the Father's will. I forget where it was in Matthew, but he, he remember what Jesus said. He said, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And that's the Holy Spirit. So I want to read. I want to read. Sorry about that. I want to read this out of the Message Bible. I just did a compare. It opened up a, a different one. I like to read the Message Bible on the Amplified because it gives you a, a, a plain version of the King James. You know, it's not altering. The, it's not altering the message, but it's giving you a, a deeper understanding, or it just speaks to the time. You know, so here in the message Bible, it says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you for all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Listen to this. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. You got to go through the process and say, let it do its work so that you become mature and well-developed. So those things don't come back and haunt you later on. 
you think you overcame it, but you haven't really dealt with it. So you think it's over, and those things come back to haunt you again. But if you deal with it and go through the process, the, if it come back again, you'll be able to put the word on it because now you've been fortified, you're secure, and you know who you are, and you're walking and you're standing in faith because you're on the foundation. And it says here, Let's not let it do its work so that you become mature and well developed, not deficient in any way. If you don't know what you are doing, pray to the Father. Yes. He loves to help. You'll get his help. He won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believing without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-white waves. Wind-whip waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. Wow. You know, that goes, that, that, that's a double-minded person. You say you believe in God, you trusted in Him, but you're still trying to do it your way. You're operating outside His will. You're asking Him for guidance, for direction, because you don't know, but you still try to figure out and do it your way and not trust in Him to lead you through the process. You know, you went to James, and James is so full of some stuff that it's, yes, it it's very hard to leave James. So I'm going to stay in James. I'm going to give you this point. I just, I, again, I have the application Bible here. And it gives us this point. It can be difficult to grasp the idea and the law of liberty, meaning being free. Because the law and liberty seem to be opposite. See, so sometimes we're in the midst of trying to live what we call the life, righteous life in Christ, which is we say is free, our freedom life. And for others, it, including ourselves at times, it may have felt like we're living in bondage because we didn't think we were living, be able to do the things that we like or wanted to do. But the truth is, to live for Christ is freedom. To live through the Holy Spirit is to be free. And this says that a law says one thing while liberty says another. I believe the law of liberty spoken of in James, and this is 125, I'm going to read this for you. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it, and preserveth in looking into it, being not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing, his life of obedience. And all that is saying is when we lean not to our own understanding and we lean toward the Holy Spirit speaking to us and doing what, because remember the Holy Spirit is going to give you God's will, not, not our own. Doing what the Holy Spirit is saying, we live in complete freedom. So we don't feel so burdened down. We're not so overweighted. We're not worrying every day. We're not concerned that everything we've done is wrong. Because we're being obedient to the Holy Spirit speaking to us in all things, which do line up with what we call the law of the Lord, 
which is nothing like the law of the land. And that's so true. And I was talking about that double-minded man. And, and staying in James, if you go to verse 8, it says, For being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, or decides. It says, let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his elevation as a Christian, a man of God, called to true riches and to be an heir to, of, of God. And the rich person ought to glory in being humble by being shown his human frailty because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. You know, James deals with life's temptation. Everyone deals with life's temptation. And, and, and I, in studying this book, it really made me understand, or helped me to understand, not made me, it helped me to understand how much I needed to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide me because my flesh would do all kinds of stuff. It really did. Oh, wait a minute. Didn't want to do anything. You can't tell me there's not times in our flesh that we really want to get up and go to work. Sometimes we don't, I don't want to be bothered with people. I don't want to talk to people. I want to stay in my bed, watch my TV. I want, I, okay, I, I know I'm not by myself with that. I know I'm not. But, and, okay, but, but when the Holy Spirit starts ministering to me, and he's ministering to the spirit man in me, not to the flesh, okay? I didn't get enough power or strength to transform what I'm thinking, meaning to go back to what the word says and transform, make my body react to what I let my mind has now said, which was this, was getting it from the spirit man in the beginning. What am I saying to you? There's lots of temptations in this world that we that we face. Drinking, smoking, sex, um, lying, cheating, all, all those things are temptations. And and there's nothing new under the sun. That's what the word says. So these things have always been here since the fall of man. But the Holy Spirit will help you walk away from them if, there's an if, because this is not perfect unless you allow him to be perfect in you. If you listen to him and allow him to help strengthen you over the temptation, because there is no temptation greater that will overtake me and that Christ hasn't overcome. I've heard a couple times somebody at work that I heard the alarm go off and I kept sleeping. And they say, I know, I remember all of a sudden I know it must have been the Holy Spirit because he does me before I've been. <laughs> so I, I, I believe, I believe, I believe what you're saying there. I believe you did that just to get my attention and wake me up. <laughs> Well, and he doesn't. I, I'm going to bring you closer to home. I, I have no problem being gentle. Don't tell Let's take it something as simple as something we all do every day, most of the day. Eat. That too, actually, it, it, that can be one of the greatest temptations that the enemy can put before you. Now, eating is not a sin. That's not a sin to eat. Eat. 
to desire to eat well is not a sin. The word calls overeating lasciviousness and gluttonous. Lasciviousness because we now get into what the flesh wants to do. Gluttonous because we are overdoing what God has given us the ability to enjoy or need. But the Holy Spirit can help us with those, even when we're struggling with that. I know there's people out there that must struggle with this. I know they do. I'm not the only one who have had that struggle. Not because we didn't know. See, that's the other thing. A lot of people will know this word and can read it. Most, a lot of them understand it. But there is a difference from all of that and getting the revelation understanding. Of the word, and you can only get that through the Holy Spirit. Right. And, and that and that comes from maturity. That comes from spending time with God. The more time you spend, and, and and listen, when I say maturity, it don't base it off of age. It just based it off of your time you spend with God. Jesus was 13, 12 years old, and, and he was out talking. He he knew more than the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And it was the it, it wasn't that God just gave him a full download. Spend time in the presence of God, you know. And, and the more we spend time in the presence of God, the book will open itself up to you. You know, I, I was telling somebody the other day that that my, my journey and my relationship with really knowing God started at 32 years old. You know, and and so it, it's not about going to to Bible school and understanding all the scriptures because there's some people who did all that but still are holy rollers in, in the world. You know, doing everything that the world is doing. And that's not to speak against anybody. And I pray for those who who, who take up this mantle. To, and we all are taking up the mantle because we are ministers of God. That's, that's, that's just, we're born that way. He, that was the gift he gave us from the beginning, you know. And it's how we use it; it's up to us. So I want to share the scripture before I step off stage here, and it says, and it comes from James, and I'm, I'm sticking in James right here, James one twelve, and it says, "Blessed, happy to be envied is a man who is patient under trial and stands on." up under temptation. For when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those he loved. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted from God. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, for he himself tempts no one. I need to stop Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. And all that's saying is that you were born with the Spirit of God in you. So the Spirit of God in you can't be tempted by evil. And God himself can't be tempted by evil. So there must be something else that's tempting us. And 
because it's not that. And we talked about this last week. We talked about that battle of the flesh, flesh. and the soul man and the spirit man. The spirit man is of God. The flesh man is of this world. The soul man is that in that which embodies everything. That's the connecting factor. And that's where the battle is at between the flesh and the soul. The spirit is trying to operate it's operating outside of that. And that's the spirit of God. So that's what he's saying. You can't tempt me. God is not going to tempt you with anything negative. He, he, it's always positive. We talk about how do you recognize the Holy Spirit? Because it's always for your good. And something is tempting you, that's your flesh, that's your soul desires, those the desires inside of you. And you got nothing to do with God. That's why we have to be mindful when we allow our eyes to see and our ears to hear because it opens up those passages. So basically we're saying the soul man is trying to be the mediator between both the Holy Spirit and the flesh. No, it's the opposite way. The spirit man is trying to mediate between the soul and the body. And because the soul encompasses the way we feel, touch, feel, all that, sight, smell, all of that, and the and the um and, and emotions. Let me put that in. And then we have. Let me get this right. The soul is your thinking, your emotions. Okay. Your your body encompasses your feelings, the touch, the sensory things, the smell, the sight, and all that. So each per, each part of that body, like just like God, the three parts has characteristics about itself and and those characteristics in the flesh want to be in control the soul has things that it wants and it wants to be in control and then we have the spirit man who really can and should and really is in control if you allow him to be because without the spirit man none of the other two can live And let me just continue on with this here. And it says, but every person is tempted when he is drawn away, enticed, invaded by his own evil desires, lusts, and passions. Then the evil desires, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully mature, brings forth death. Do not be misled, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect, free, large, and full gift is from above. It comes down from the Father to all that gives light, and in the shining of whom there can be no variant, rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning as he is an eclipse. It and it was of his free will that he gave us birth as sons by his word of truth, so that we should be a kind of first fruit. You hear that? 
first fruit of his creatures, a sample of what he created to be consecrated to himself. To himself. So it just brings us right back to the beginning. He wants us to have dominion here over the earth. But not for the things of the earth to show the reverence of him here on the earth. In that relationship and that love for all things that he created. Man wants us to love ourselves. And that takes us outside of the will of God. And this is what he's talking about. So those gifts that he's given you, he's given you free. But it was for a purpose of his glory. Not our own, not man, not the world, not for us to be boastful. It's for us to be humble in him. There's been so much to... to um, conversation. I, I hope you come and join us in this because I, I can hear the question because it was posed a little while ago. Well, God just wants us to be servants to him? No. The truth is he just wants to have a relationship with us father to child friend to friend and, and that we could receive all that he's already provided to us. The word said he's given us life and life more abundantly which means that everything and he says he Everything here was for us. So he's already prepared everything, all the beauty, all the abundance, all the goodness here on earth just for us. And he didn't have to do that because he already had it all. But, but he wants to be, and he wants to be able to give that back to us. Let me say this. We talked a lot tonight. The, the Lord tells me to tell you to listen. To listen. Now, listening and hearing are not the same thing. Listening means you not only allow whatever is being said to go into your ear gates, but you're also receiving it within your soul man as well, where the spirit then can move into the places where it's needed. So in 19 it says, understand this, my beloved. Let every man be quick to hear be a ready listener, slow to speak, slow to take offense, and to get angry. For man's anger does not promote the righteousness God, the righteousness of God, wishes and requirements. So get rid of all uncleanliness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness, which is happening now, and in a hump and in a humble, gentle modest spirit receive and welcome the word which is implanted and rooted in your hearts. Contains the power to save now it doesn't say your spirit here. Save your soul. And all that means is we're about to ready to close. We're at 6.57 and we're usually off the air at 7. But I just want to share with you that God is saying listen I'm bringing the word. The Holy Spirit is speaking. I'm sending the people to talk with you. I'm sharing what you need, what you need in order to live the life I already predestined for you. A life of greatness, of wonderfulness, of blessings, of overflow. 
of victory over the things that the, that the soul would try to keep you bound to. You don't have to struggle with that because all you have to do is listen and then be obedient. Amen? And, and before I go, I, I just want to share something because you said something very important because you said, why do we have to serve God? Does God just want us to serve him? See, the world has turned servitude upside down. Yes, you know, because we're under the stigma of how the world uses service and, and, and servants, you know, with slavery and all these other things that happen in the world, that it 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 turned that world upside down. Made it bad. It made it bad. Because serving is serving your brothers and sisters. Your mother serves you dinner every night. Is she lower there? Are, are you looking down on her? No, you love her. You appreciate her. And that's what God wants us to do, to serve one another. And the word says that if you are, if we are serving, God wants us not to just be a servant, to be a friend, but to be a friend. And, and so what he's saying is serve each other and be loving enough to serve me according to the word. But I want you to be a, when you do that, you're, you're my friend. You're not subservient. You're not a slave. You are my friend. And what better friend to have? But Jesus said, you are no longer servant. No longer servant. You are my friend. You are my friend. Amen. Family, I'm going to let Elder close this out. We love you. As she said, invitations are out to come be a part of what we're doing here. And what we're doing now, we got breakout Bible study happening in different areas of the building. And there's so much more that's going to be coming to pass this summer. So we look forward for you to be a part of it. We want you to be a part of it. There's some gifts on the inside of you, but they can't come out unless you use them. So we want you to use them here at Harvest, wherever God is calling you to be. But be purposeful whatever God is calling you to do. Don't be stagnant. Don't stand still. Don't allow your gift to go to the grave. Allow it to have impact in the world that God has put you in. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Elder, I'm going to allow you to close. I just want to say, Pastor Rob is so eloquent and said, come on in. doesn't matter what body of Christ you belong to. We're not into being concerned about what church you belong to. We There is a teaching and a giving in this place to help you be all God has called you to be. You're free to come. costs you nothing but your time and your interest. The Holy Spirit is here. God's word is freely given. And you have people here who will love you and help empower you into your destiny and your purpose. Coming up here at Harvest on uh, May the 26th, we have our community day. If you can't get in on Wednesday, please come on out of community day from 4 to 7. We're going to have all kinds of things going on, information, food, things for the children to do, rides. We're at just a whole day that's all about you. Come on in. We're happy to serve you, and we love you. I'm closing now. We will ask you to remember, though, that we do most of this and with no charges because God didn't charge us. He loves us. But it does cost for us to keep the broadcast going and some of the other things that we do when it comes to the outreach. Please feel free to share with us however God leads you. You can do that from your phones 
in the comfort of your home, you can, of course, send in a check to Faith Harvest Worship Center in Lebanon 1 Delaware Street in Newcastle, Delaware, 19702. Or, well, I, mean, I think he has it on the screen. We have a faith life right now that will be changing soon. But uh, we just, whatever you can share, we use to be a blessing to the kingdom and to the community. May God bless you. Thank you so much for coming out. Come on back next Wednesday. We love to see you. God bless. We good. Yes, ma'am.